0: Hey entrepreneurs and website owners, if you're ready to take your online presence to the next level, you need a reliable web post. And that's where HostGator comes in. HostGator is your one stop solution for easy, affordable, and powerful web hosting. Whether you're launching a blog, an online store, or anything in between, HostGator's got you covered. Don't miss out on creating the website you've always wanted. Visit foxcitiesmm.com slash hostgator today and let your journey begin. You're listening to Fox City's Murder and Mayhem, your bi-weekly dose of true crime history
1: in a small, rural community of Wisconsin.
0: Hey everybody, welcome to Fox City's Murder and Mayhem. I'm Eric Walterkins.
1: I'm Gavin Schmidt.
0: And we're back with another episode. This one hasn't been nearly as long as the last one. Since the last time we recorded (laughs) This is only a week off I think the last Or two weeks off The last time was like We took a month off of Recording this podcast Yeah
1: people they don't know that But (laughs) yeah sometimes we do a bunch at once And then we take a break All right. do you remember What the last one we did was
0: Mike McCarty That's right And we're gonna do his cousin or something We are Okay
1: good you see See, this is what happens. If you don't take a month off, you can remember things.
0: And if you listen to the Milwaukee Mafia we recorded this week, which probably would come out in very different time frames, when I alluded to I knew what I did, and I said, oh, wrong podcast. Because I was thinking of this podcast when you asked me what this week's subject was going to oh, be. Oh, <laughs> okay. Okay. I got gotcha.
1: you. Okay. So, yes. So, last time, uh, if you listened to the last episode, it was Mike McCarty. Who is a coconut farmer, and he got cut up and burned, and a whole bunch of fun stuff happened. Uh, this time, it is his cousin. So, his father, Mike McCarty's father, is Charles. Charles's brother is Dennis, and Dennis has a son named Charles. So, not to be confused with the <laughs> other Charles, but anyway, Mike and Charles are cousins. Unlike Mike, Charles doesn't stay on the farm you know he's in kakana he's a farmer but he's like no and apparently he must have shown some promise as a child because he gets sent to iowa which you know doesn't sound like that exciting but uh i guess his uncle not the mccarty uncle but the other uncle runs a law school there oh. so he goes and he gets himself a fancy law school education in iowa and then after that he decides, for whatever reason, I'm not entirely sure, he's going to move down to Florida. Okay. This is the late 1880s. So we're way back in time here. And strangely enough, Florida, although it's on the East Coast, nobody really lived there. Okay. Like, there's nobody in Florida. For an example, I look this up, like in the 1860s, like the Civil War time, in the entire state of Florida, there were 140,000 people. Wow. Half of them were slaves. Wow. So there's only like 70,000 white people in Florida during the Civil War. I mean, that's like a medium-sized city spread out through the entire state. That's crazy. Yeah, because nobody wanted to live there. It was just a big, swampy, terrible place. But anyway, so it's the 1880s. Charles McCarty, he's like, okay, I'm moving down to Florida. He moves down there. He writes a letter back home. To Kacona, which they publish in the Kacona Times, the fancy Kacona Times <laughs> nice. newspaper. And he talks about, yeah, so we've went on a train and we went through Chicago, Chattanooga, Atlanta, blah, blah, blah. We saw some fancy sights. He stops he, because he's a fancy guy now. He stops and he sees two French actors performing Shakespeare at theater <laughs> on his way. Because you can't just go to Florida. You gotta stop <laughs> and see the, the Shakespeare play. It gets down to Florida, and at this time, apparently, they're having a massive outbreak of yellow fever. I don't know what yellow fever is, but it sounds terrible.
0: And it sounds like the perfect time to go to Florida when they're having a massive outbreak of a disease. Yeah. So
1: So they go down there, and he writes home, and he says the nicest things about Florida. He says, you know, it's December here, but you couldn't tell if it was Christmas or the 4th of July because the temperature gets no colder than 60 degrees so he goes. it's beautiful. It's wonderful. We don't know anything about frost or snow here. If you want to hunt or fish, this is the place to do it. You can take all the fish you can carry. They weigh up to 200 pounds each. <laughs> you reach into the river and you pull out oysters. There's deer, raccoon, possums. I've seen hunters that will shoot two or three deer at a time. If you have the courage, you can meet sharks and alligators. <laughs> I mean, so he's just like, "This is the greatest place," despite the fact it's full of swamps and yellow fever.
0: <laughs> is this is this the letter that turns turns uh, Florida into the Midwest retirement capital of the world? I don't know,
1: <laughs> I don't know. But he's saying the nicest things. So he comes down. He's living in Florida. Um, near a place called Fort Pierce, uh, which I don't really know where that is. Maybe somebody else does know where it is, but it's kind of like a brand new community. He's down there with his wife and he goes into, even though he's a lawyer and he does do some lawyer stuff, he spends his time growing pineapples of all things. So he's got acres and acres of pineapples. He's very successful. He even writes a booklet. Explaining how to grow pineapples and how successful he is, so people are like, "Hey, look at this booklet telling me about pineapples. I should move to Florida and grow pineapples." Why
0: do you call it a booklet? That's what it's called. It's what it's
1: called. So he published a booklet. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I haven't read it. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm guessing it's probably like a pamphlet. It's probably like it's 15 pages, pages or something. something. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he does that, and he's said to have the largest pineapple farm in the world at least owned by a single person so
0: i don't know how they would verify that in the 1800s i don't
1: know how they would verify that and and it is the catch there is by a private person Mm -hmm. because like the dole fruit company they would be bigger than he is but they are not a single person so he's the single largest pineapple farm owner he's doing all right he's getting first place prizes at the state fair He's doing fantastic. He goes on vacations. Uh, he goes to the, to the World's Fair. He sees the x-ray machine is invented. And he sees a demonstration of the x-ray <laughs> machine. It's exciting. Uh, one day he goes to the World's Fair, and a very exciting thing happens. He sees President McKinley get assassinated. So that was pretty exciting. <laughs> That's true. I I say that it's kind of jokingly, but that's true. He was there when McKinley was assassinated. He's doing all right. He's got his super successful farm. He's got his his law stuff going on. But then along comes a neighbor.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love the long suspense with that. Yeah. A
1: man named William Charles Rawlinson, who his friend's called either Willie or W.C. He was younger. He was not quite as ambitious, but he was ready to get into the pineapple game.
0: And he wanted to buy his pineapple farm? No. And he said, no, my pineapple farm is in sale." No, I like like where you're going with that.
1: No, that would be an incredible coincidence. (laughs) This Rawlinson would try to uh, say, hey, I'm a very important guy. I'm distantly related to an old governor in the Carolinas, and my brother works for the state government in the Carolinas, and people were like, that's cool, but we're in Florida, so we don't care. <laughs> he ends up acquiring 100 acres of pineapple farm by marrying into a farm-owning widow's land. Uh, I've worded that very poorly, <laughs> uh, but he marries a widow who owns several oh, acres yeah. of pineapple. So, you know, that's a good way to get into the business. Gets in that way. He's not considered to be a very hard worker. He said he has a drinking problem. Just not doing that great. But then, wouldn't you know it, out of the blue comes a member of the French royalty. (laughs) This story is weird, I know. (laughs) The member of the French royalty comes along and he says, Gee, I hear good things about these pineapples. I sure would like some pineapple farming. And Rawlinson's like, hey, I got a pineapple farm. I will sell it to you. And he puts up the price, and he's asking way, way, way too much. But the French guy doesn't know that. So the French guy's like, yes, I will buy your pineapple farm. Well, this is all fine and good, except who's the local attorney? The local attorney is Charlie McCarty. And Charlie McCarty looks over the contract to purchase the land, and he's like, wait a second here, you listed a couple more acres than I'm pretty sure you got. So he goes, before I can finalize, sign off on this agreement, he goes, I want to make sure everything is legit. So he hires a surveyor to go out there. And the surveyor goes out there and is like, yeah, do you know this many acres. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like, what are you doing? Uh, so it holds up the sale because now he's got to renegotiate and make a contract. And the French guy is like, what? Are you trying to pull a trick on me? And so uh, Willie is not too thrilled about this. Well, it's January 1907. So now he's, McCarty's been out there for many years, like 20 years at this point. He's done very well, very successful. He gets up, it's a nice brisk morning, it's January but it's Florida, so, you know, it's still nice. Mm -hmm. Wakes up, he goes to town, he gets his morning shave. Apparently he loves getting his morning shave. Goes in there, he talks to the barber. And as he leaves, who does he run into? He runs into Willie. And Willie is mad because his sale is not going through. He thought he was on Easy Street. He thought he was going to be a millionaire. And now he's stuck with this pineapple farm that nobody wants to buy. And he doesn't want to work on it because working is for suckers. And he's mad. So what does he do? As McCarty's leaving the barber shop, he shoots him repeatedly. Over and over and over again. And McCarty falls down dead. Like you do when you're shot several times.
0: (laughs) You know, this story is not that far off from Mike McCarty's story.
1: No. uh, I mean. he's, he's, He's hit in the shoulder blade. He's hit in the back of the head. He's hit in the ear. He's just, it's a mess. He's shot all over. And. It's not like anybody is not around. Seven people are seeing this. This is right out in the middle of a store, you know, right on the porch. And people see it and they're like, oh my goodness, this guy just got shot. So seven people see this. People come running out to help him and the killer just casually walks away. Some of the witnesses say that he twirls his gun on his finger like he's Billy the Kid or Jesse James. <laughs> he spins it around and then puts it back in the holster. I have no I idea.
0: That can't be that couldn't have happened. <laughs> Probably
1: not. Nobody tried to stop him and he walked away. Well, of course you can't just do that. So, you know, the sheriff gets wind of it and they come in and they try to first they try to save him, but he's shot so many times it's just not gonna happen. Plus the city doesn't really have the best hospital because it's Florida, so in the middle of nowhere, and he dies. Well, what happens is, of course, you get arrested for murder. <laughs> he goes on trial for murder, and he hires himself a very good lawyer, uh, a nice 40-year-old lawyer who also has a cotton plantation, because this is the South, and that's what you do, and this lawyer is very heavily admired. He comes down to defend him, and he says, okay, first of all, this was self-defense, and everyone's like, Really? Because pretty <laughs> sure this is not self defense, and they're like, he might have had a gun on him, and the sheriff is like, yeah, there was no, there was no gun. He was not armed. He just walked out of a barber shop. It's not, no, it's not self defense. So then the defense is like, okay, insanity, <laughs> <laughs> and he brings in evidence that this man has two distant cousins who had served time in an asylum for being insane. And he goes, look, this guy's like fourth cousins are crazy. (laughs) So clearly he is also crazy. (laughs) Now, you would think this sounds incredibly stupid because self-defense, no. Crazy, probably not. And everybody saw him do it. Every single witness testified, yeah, we saw him. He did it. But guess what?
0: He gets off on he, the insanity plea. He
1: gets off. The jury agrees with this. He does spend a couple years in the uh and the uh place for the criminally insane. But after that, he's let go and he lives out his life in a very normal way. So,
0: does he have to run his pineapple farm for the rest of his life or did he end up selling his pineapple?
1: No, while he's, while he's gone away his wife dies and the property is sold off. He comes home he takes up uh, living with his mother and his sisters and he ends up oh, this is this is weird if you don't think this is weird yet <laughs> once he's out of the insane asylum he gets a job working for the government running a chain gang
0: What is a chain gang?
1: You don't know what a chain gang is?
0: I'm probably going to know it as soon as you say it. Okay.
1: So this is really like a Southern thing. Um, A chain gang is like if you're in prison, they'll put you to work. They'll like chain your legs all together with other prisoners. And you'll go out and like walk the highways and clean up trash and do stuff like that. So he's like the guy on the horse Like, with a rifle, making sure nobody tries to escape. (laughs) So this guy, who everybody agrees murdered a dude, is now put in charge of prisoners. So
0: That is just too funny, actually.
1: Yeah. So he ends up doing pretty all right for himself. Uh, Charles McCarty doesn't do too all right for himself because he's dead. But in an interesting twist, McCarty's grandson becomes the governor of Florida. Really yeah, so um, if you remember last time we had a guy who you know through distant grandsons became Paul Ryan mm-hmm. this time we've got a grandson who becomes the governor of Florida uh,
0: that is some some good genes or something yeah right?
1: yeah so the McCarty's got two things going for them they become very good politicians and they get murdered <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah so, Another Kakana boy who ends up doing well for himself and gets the attention of the wrong guy.
0: So now I'm just curious, because this story is set in Florida. Yes. Did you stumble upon this because of Mike McCarty's story? Or did you somehow find this murder in another way?
1: I don't remember. Ex- it wasn't because of Mike McCarty. I don't remember exactly. Um, for people who don't know, like my day job is like researching like fox city's history uh so it it came up because
0: of something somebody asked you to find something
1: yeah because the because the mccarty like this guy was born and raised in kakana so he's like that's why it's on this podcast even though it's florida because he's from the area originally but um yeah it just kind of kind of grew out of that like i was kind of Somebody mentioned it to me and I was like what? And for a while there I was kind of casually looking at it and I'm like pineapple murders. <laughs> pineapple murder and like and then it's like largest pineapple fo- what? Cuz it's always fascinates me like people who are connected to the Fox Cities area who go on and do these amazing things and like you don't hear about most of them. Yeah. Uh if you live in the Fox Cities you know, like, oh, Harry Houdini lived here. Like, yeah. they they, which, they pimped which the hell is, out of that. Which
0: is really trivial, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> but. it's a
1: stretch. But they pimped the hell out of that. And but uh, But there's a lot of other people who, you know, grew up and then went on. You know, they moved away, but they went on to do some pretty amazing things. World's largest pineapple farm, you know, I don't know if that's amazing or not, but it's kind of cool. It's something.
0: And and is it really the world's largest pineapple farm? Because, I mean, how do you measure Owned by a
1: single guy.
0: (laughs) But, I mean, how do you measure that in the 1800s?
1: I don't know. I mean, acres, I guess.
0: Well, yeah, but I understand you can measure it, but how do you know there's not a bigger pineapple farm in some other country? I mean, I'm sure they're not communicating that very well.
1: Maybe. In, I don't know. In the 1800s.
0: I don't know. You know.
1: But still a, a neat connection. I mean, lots of people who, who achieve things. So, yeah, like a lot of things come out of like just I look up random stuff for people and then I'm like, oh,
0: well, that's interesting.
1: A, that's yeah, good. because, you know, people forget these stories. So it's, it's kind of fun to get them to come back a little bit.
0: Okay. Well, I th- I don't think I have really have any other questions. That one's pretty straightforward. I don't know right.
1: if I would have any answers. Yeah. <laughs> but. So,
0: all right, well. Short, well, I guess it wasn't a short one, but I gotta say, it shouldn't be that short. You know. if it's
1: longer than usual, I th- would think. But,
0: but all right, do you got anything else you want to talk about?
1: No, off this I don't, but I don't know. I don't know what's going to be next time. Maybe next time we'll come back with the UFOs, or maybe I'll have something else. I got a few options, I'm not sure what it's going to be.
0: Well, let's let's talk. We can discuss options for a few. I'll tell you what I think.
1: You want the UFOs.
0: Well, do I want the UFOs? I thought I know, you did. I don't know the other options.
1: Oh, I just I mean there's a couple. I got like Black Creek, Seymour. I mean, I've got some other cities I can spread out to. Got Wapaca.
0: All right. Well, if you're if you're spreading out let's, a little bit, let's get the UFOs done.
1: Okay. So Okay.
0: So everybody can tune in and to, I mean, we
1: just did two two Kirkana ones. I kind of want to, you know, yeah. go a little bit out there, but but the UFO, the UFO was Appleton, so we can do UFOs.
0: Yeah, I think I think UFOs will be a good one. Maybe, okay. Maybe do we have a bank robbery? Because I think a bank robbery, or do you want to kind of? Save I can those? do a
1: bank robbery, but you want to do a UFO first? Yeah, a UFO do a UFO first. first. Okay.
0: But maybe we can throw a bank robbery in there pretty quick too to sure. spice it up a little. We can bit. do that. So
1: sick of people dying, huh?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's kind of become my Thursday night. Oh, so I'm so sick of the murder stuff. Give me a
1: bank robbery.
0: So all right. Well, as always, everybody, if you are enjoy this podcast, please drop us a review at on your favorite podcast player, and we'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Yeah. Um if you have not done so, I really hope you would have. Check out Milwaukee Mafia that's out there. That's our other podcast. And we will see you in two weeks.
1: Yeah. And if you hate this podcast, just unsubscribe and don't review it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because we don't need that. But uh, but we're still welcome any feedback you have. So. Yep. So thank you for listening. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Fox
0: City's Murder and Mayhem. Join us in two weeks for another exciting episode of Murder and Mayhem.